Hello, everybody. Amanda is here once again to give a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Unlike the previous time I was here to do a disclaimer, this one isn't for a positive reason. Uh, We had some technical difficulties recording Jake's portion of the audio for this episode. Instead of us rushing to re-record it and give you guys a less than fulfilling discussion on the topic we ended up coming to, we decided that for this week we were just going to release the highlights that we have of the first time we recorded this episode uh, and how we eventually got to the topic we did at the end. And then the next episode we will release will be a whole episode dedicated to the topic we ended up reaching in this one so that we can go more in depth with it and give you guys a discussion that's worth listening to. So I apologize that this week the episode will be shorter than normal and not a full episode, more like snippets or highlights that we came across during the episode. But sometimes technology is just a little bit finicky. With that said, I hope you guys enjoy the next episode that will come out, which will be the full discussion on this topic. And thank you guys so much for understanding. Without further ado, here's some highlights uh, from the recording that we did for this week. Today, we'll be talking about uh, mobile MOBAs. Wow. To round out, finish, wrap up, whatever you want to call it, the League of Legends month that we just did. Which, if you have not checked out our League of Legends video, which Mazio edited up on our YouTube, please do so. Or the podcast episode, which is part two, where we reference that video and we go more in depth about the learning curve associated with League and how League brings on new players. Yeah, then please check those out. Uh, But the topic for today is not inherently League-specific, but since League is, I believe, the biggest of its kind, it will undoubtedly be mentioned all throughout this topic. Uh, We're talking about how MOAs break a lot of key game design philosophies, yet is a very successful game genre. And we mentioned this topic in the last episode. I know because I finished editing it. Uh... But yeah, and I thought it would be a good topic for us to talk about to kind of wrap up uh, the League of Legends month that we did. And also for to give Mazio a chance to redeem himself since I'm pretty sure the second episode ends with Mazio saying that he can't go on the internet like this because of his Lux play being so shitty and embarrassing. doesn't make a difference. The team with the best player is probably going to get carried to victory almost regardless of what the rest of the team does. And if there's no clear carry in the game, like, you know, one out of the ten players in the game isn't clearly superior to everybody else, or one in twelve in Overwatch, then you're going to deal with the, the problem of which team coordinates better, and that's almost never your team. Yeah, that's why you see all the memes of, like, the enemy team, and it's a bunch of, like... 
hardcore tech people on computers and then my team, which is a bunch of monkeys throwing computers around. Yeah, and I actually don't think that that's, that's strictly speaking true. I actually think what happens is when your team is winning, it doesn't it feels like an individualist effort, right? Where everybody is just kind of putting in their part. And but mm-hmm. when you're on the losing side of that coin toss, it actually feels like the enemy team is more coordinated. And I don't think that it is either case. I think that it is simply there's an odd synergy that happens where if you're able to learn when that stun is going to go off and you're ready for it and you're waiting for it, you're good. And if not, you're out of position and you can't capitalize on it and it doesn't matter. I mean, I've played solo duo games where I've had five player stuns as a Moomoo, right? Like I've literally stunned the entire enemy. I've stopped the entire enemy team for you and watched all of my teammates run the other direction and, and me, and then me have to like try to run after them and die. And then be like, how did mm-hmm. you die? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe because I stopped their entire advance on a dime, and none of you, ki- like, you didn't get a single kill. None of you capitalized on it. Yeah, like, how, 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 how are you mad at me? Silver overall makes better individual plays and because they make better individual plays it feels like they're capitalizing more but they're not they're not i want to be very clear about that either they're not it's the same thing in overwatch having been i guess i I mean i played all the way back in in season one of overwatch forward like season 12 i think and it was like oh gold in when you were gold or high silver blah, 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 blah. And the answer is like, no, it's just that you're actually fulfilling that role better. And it's the same thing in League of Legends where it's like, I fulfill my role better as jungle when top pushes and mid pushes together at the same time. It is just entirely random in bronze. And iron, it's insane. Like, iron is literally just which person has less troll problems, right? Because, like, you're going to have, in Iron, you're going to have, like, that mid-tier, that mid-player who's in the middle lane, and they're great. They're killing everything, and they're completely ignoring you, and they're running around the map, and they're stealing jungle, they're, they're farming the enemy jungle, like, stupidly for some reason. But they're, like, they're doing fine. They're, like, 8-2. and two. And then one day you turn around, and they're 8-16, and 16, and the answer is the enemy team, like, figured out the idiocy they were doing and they're completely unable to adapt to it so now they're out there just essentially feeding them their you know they're inting into them like intentionally dying on them but not really right they're doing the exact same thing they were doing like 40 minutes ago it's just that 40 minutes ago nobody understood it and couldn't capitalize on it and it's just that like individual player skill level sort of ramps up over time and when you mix that with player knowledge where you know what the majority of champions do versus me who I really only know what a handful comparative handful of champions do um that that's where you're going to start seeing major major differences when you're coming into a new game like this so I I want to talk about 
character progression and how, from what I witnessed in League, granted I have not played a lot of MOBAs, it breaks up the traditional flow of player progression that games use. And I say traditional. When I say traditional, I mean your standard D&D inspired player progression where a player gradually gets more tools, gets stronger as the more they play the game. They unlock skills, whatever, what have you. League handles that very differently. And I see almost roguelike, either roguelikes take influence from it or they take influences from roguelike where each match you start over in your character progression track, right? You have your overall account, I guess, track or progression, but your character itself resets to quote-unquote level zero. No, I mean... um. My buddy Derek actually initiated me into League originally back in like I want to say 2010 or 2011, and it, it I was prepped for it. I knew it was going to happen. Um, and then we went on to play Heroes of the Storm because of things like the individual player experience disparities. Where at that time it was a lot more. I mean, it's severe now, but back then it was a lot more severe. Where one player in another lane would mess up their opponent would get way far ahead and all of a sudden you were doing fine or even well and all of a sudden you're dealing with somebody who's two levels, three levels higher than you, vastly outgeared and through no fault of your own, there's nothing you can do about it. That was the thing that always jarred me was that we were losing games because I am kind of an individual player in terms of competition on the tabletop. Losing a game because I didn't do anything wrong, somebody else did. Right, it's a team. It's a team event. The reset to me made sense because I've always watched one sport or another, like a traditional sport, and it makes sense to me that you're resetting after every game, where it's like you don't really want to come in from the last game because then you're dealing with odd competition things, like you do in Diablo, right? Where it's like, well, what level are you, and what did you put your stats in, and Another topic that I want to talk about uh, was based off of what Mazio said earlier, where he said he usually plays competitive solo, like at the tabletop. Uh, and when he was brought into League or Heroes of the Storm, it was weird for you to lose because of a team or team-based things. There was a, I forget your exact wording that you said. Uh, but it made me think more of what I saw in League. And... It is still effectively a team game. But from a third-party perspective, which would be me, because I don't play League, nor do I know a lot about League, it's still very individual. Like, you, for most of that League of Legends video, it was really just you and Mazio against two other enemy team, like two other enemy people, and occasionally your jungle popping in to help, right? I mean, I could see how it would look and that then, way, but it's not. that's not how it is. I, Right. Yes, I understand that's not how it is. I'm saying it from a third-party perspective, as I've stated, it seems more of like a solo, like everyone's doing their own individual things that then it correlates or combines into a team effort instead of like 
For example, with Overwatch, everyone has to be together. Everybody has to be, like, targeting the same enemy all together. Well, I mean... Whereas in League, you have to be doing your own thing, possibly at the same time as somebody else's across the map, but it's still, like, it's more individual cogs working together to move a machine instead of, like, one big cog that everyone's trying to push. I think a better way to explain how I viewed it is that... um Say you're trying to make lemonade. <laughs> Somebody needs to be growing and tending the lemons and harvesting the lemons over yonder in the lemon fields. <laughs> Orchard? Somebody needs to make sure that they have ice, right? To then put in the lemonade. And someone needs to make sure that the sugar cane is doing fine over there and take care and care of that. And all of them are kind of doing their own things, but they have to be doing it properly together so that the lemons don't get there too early and now they're rotten and now you can't make lemonade. Or the sugar is slightly behind everybody, so now you just have really sour, shitty lemonade. <laughs> like, they're, they're individual tasks, but they have to come together to make a cohesive, delicious, ice-cold lemonade at a time that makes sense. So it's just, it's a team effort, but there's core individual things going about it that there you go i hope that metaphor <laughs> better explained my thinking you know what yeah Jake. Field, field lemons aren't aren't actual lemons i don't know what you're making lemonade out of but i wouldn't drink it okay whatever i know they're trees i don't care if you call it an orchard or a field all right but i hope that metaphor got my point across farmer yeah, i was gonna say field hand but and somebody can't call it a field well it's because it's not a field oh god no i mean i think what jake is trying to say is in league the teamwork is observing the mini map to see where everybody else's progress is and then making value capitalizations off of their progress which is part of why you do win as a team and lose as a team regardless of your rank and normals versus uh, ranked player or whatever. Because the truth is, when on the jungle, if both top and mid are losing, we're not getting jungle objectives that are between those two lanes. In games where those two lanes are doing well, we'll claim all those objectives and we'll capitalize on them. And that's kind of like the jungle's only real job is to find the moment of capitalization and then push the team forward however discreetly or directly that might be. I think we need to abandon the metaphor, guys. Look, I think I think it I think it worked. I think what you said works where if we want to go back to the to the lemonade metaphor, all right? If there was a problem in the ice facility, and you lost a whole shipment of ice, and it all melted, okay? Maybe because someone wasn't doing their job properly, or whatever, they weren't upkeeping the machine in it, right? But the lemons have already shipped, and they'll go bad if we don't start using them, whatever. Then everything's out of sync, and you're all messed up. Whereas if, while you're doing the lemons or something, if you check your nice little company tracker mini-map, 
and notice that there has been a problem at the ice facility, you may say, let's waste to harvest these, le these lemons or let's not ship them. Let's try and store them and preserve them a little bit longer since there's going to be a delay. There you go. Uh, Jake was saying that there were games in the past that have done this, uh, but League has done it most effectively because they are designing more for an eSport and less for a gamey game. Oh, there we are. Yeah, no, I so I don't think there's anything design-breaking about League. I think the weirdest thing about League is that it's isometric in 2020. Other than that, I don't think there was anything particularly insane about it. I think it was a really good synergy of a lot of things that were concurrent in that era. And I don't think that it was, I mean, I just don't agree with the supposition, I guess, that it's, it breaks a ton of design rules. It was just something we mentioned in the previous episode that we all talked about briefly, which is why I brought it up as a topic. But if you, after playing League longer, don't agree with that anymore, then we can drop the topic and we can try the other one. Yeah, I, I'm struggling to be like, it does this differently or it does that. Like, it does things differently, but I think they're different as a form of genre. I think they probably feel really weird from the outside, but it's one of those. It, it's the same thing as it. You know, does anybody know what hurling is? Hurling is an Irish sport where <laughs> you don't wear a lot of padding. You do wear a helmet, and you carry this. Uh, there's a ball. It's about the size of a softball or a golf baseball, maybe. And you have a really weird shaped stick, and everybody has one. And you run around, and at any point. You can toss the ball, you can plant your feet, toss the ball in the air, swing the stick like a baseball bat, and attempt to put it through a goal or uprights for points, right? Like, that's the very basic version of it, right? There's a mm. goal with kind of like a goalie. Muggle quidditch. It, it is muggle quid. It is murder <laughs> on a field is what it is. It is insane <laughs> to behold. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful sport. And it's one of those things when you look at it, you're like, well, that's crazy. Why would you do that? right from the outside like you're letting everybody run around essentially like it's hockey right there's not a lot of like line up there's no pauses type deal right hockey or basketball right. but you have a stick like it's baseball or hockey except you can swing it and if somebody gets in the way it's their fault right uh right. you have a helmet like it's hockey but no pads but you can like more or less kind of like crash into people and it's fine and it's one of those moments where from the outside looking in, the first time you hear about it, you're like, there's no way that's a thing. That's crazy. And then when you actually start to watch it and look at it, you're like, actually, this makes a ton of sense. Right? And I think that that's right. kind of what goes on with League. I think one of the things that going forward will be vindicating is esports in general are going to have resets in them. Right, And I think that there's a lot of imitators like Overwatch out there, even though I deeply love Overwatch, that aren't really eSports because they're not designed well enough to be eSports. But they have the reset feature in the game, and that reset feature is what makes them feel like an eSport, right? That's why people are like, Magic's not an eSport. I'm like, actually, Magic could be an eSport and kind of is an eSport. Is it all the way there yet? 
maybe, maybe not. The formatting could be tweaked, right? But when you look at a MOBA, well, when you look at League, League is built for it. You look at Heroes of the Storm, which is, what, at best, a, a second cousin to League of Legends, at the very worst in terms of distance. And it doesn't work at all as an eSport, right? They had to pull the plug on the League essentially very rapidly. It never really achieved the degree of success they were looking for. And why? Well, community experience, you're not building the character the same to the same degree, right? Because you've got abilities that you select from as the team levels up. So one good player can kind of pull the team along and everybody's the same level. You kind of high-end at the same time. They went for a lot of map variants and people sort of blame that. And I don't think the map variance is really the... I mean, it's a symptom of the problem that plagues Blizzard is Blizzard desperately tries to make esports for them a thing. And I want them to because I love Blizzard, but it just doesn't work. Is that there are hard resets. There are no soft, what Amanda would call modern design features, right? They're all these like very archaic design philosophy. Well, by comparison, archaic design philosophies, essentially from my childhood, where it's a roguelike. You mess up, you mess up. You get behind three point. You know, you're behind three levels. Well, that sucks for you. Sorry, play again. I don't know what to tell you, right? And that's what, like, like part of why I don't mind any of those things is growing up in the eight bit and then sixteen bit era. Whatever, you mess up, you tap reset on the console and you go again. And I remember like the day I beat Contra, which is like the, the my pinnacle of gaming. I beat Contra on NES with no cheats. I remember I started off, I got two levels in, I messed up real bad, I hit reset and started over because fundamentally that's an FF, right, in a PvE environment, but you don't have you know when you have it, right? And you see that all the time in sports where you know that whatever's going on is going your way. And the other thing that I'm going to say esports really do have in league has it, and I think this is part of why it feels like a design break that maybe isn't a design break. When you watch professional sports on television, like traditional, you know, big four sports in America, they're like, oh, they've got it in the momentum of the game right? And th sometimes the momentum turns. And I never really experienced that because I was never much of a like physical athlete. I do experience that in league though, where the momentum in the tide is 100% with one team and then something happens. And it may not even, it's maybe not even like a, it is significant event in the game. Maybe it's not even an objective or a kill or anything important but something shifts and all of a sudden the snowball's going the other direction and the game turns and i think that these are features that as we go forward into an esports era as a global as a global gaming community these are going to be the intangibles that come forward that make us go okay that's an esport and that isn't right because from a logic standpoint why why is League of Legends so so successful for so long and Heroes of the Storm isn't? Why did Paladins come out and then not really stabilize? Because of these weird things that kind of can't be programmed but are the synergistic result of design and community play. Does that make sense?
I don't know if that's actually on topic or not, though. Go ahead. So, I do want to say there is a game design philosophy or principle about ensuring that there are enough quote-unquote comeback moments or recovery moments for players that allow the momentum or tide to shift. Not a lot of games do it well. Like, I don't think there's... Like, Overwatch tries with its alts to be like, you have your alt up, this could change the game, but, like, it, it's not enough, and it doesn't really work all that great. Because even if you, say, unleash one great alt, and you knock out the... You, could, you get a team kill, say. You'll push maybe half the way, or maybe you'll get another point if we're doing uh, payload or whatever, right? But then the other team's gonna come back and, like, pulverize you to a pulp again. <laughs> and unless you get another, like lucky hit off like that 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 comeback wasn't actually useful to you at all but what it sounds like from your anecdotes that you and jake mentioned is that league has that part down pat you're not sure what it is or how the momentum changes but there's enough small bits that have been designed into the game that the momentum is allowed to change if done correctly by the team and those momentums allow it to be a competitive sport more so than other games because they have done it well. I want to bring up a match of the gathering example is the same thing where in deck design and sideboarding, right? Especially like commander, this is doubly true in my opinion, where you have those edge case cards in there and you're losing and like, are the odds of drawing this good? No, but there is a chance that I've put the heart of the cards. Yeah. There's a chance that the cards can deliver me out of this situation, right? Like, like God yeah. can smile upon me. I can top deck that card and win, and, and at least stop your win, if not turn the entire tide of the game as a result of it. And I think that that is that is kind of like the ultimate gamer equivalency to that aspect of sports, which is I top decked my way home, right? Yeah. And I, I think that everybody who's ever played a card game knows what it's like. When, like, fate goes, you know what, buddy? Today, today, you do get to knock that person down a little bit. Yeah, I, Mazio, I told you, I think I told you this story, but I had an asshole in Arena. I, for those of you listening, and for Jake, because I don't know if you've known this, I refuse to surrender matches in Magic. Like, <laughs> I still think that's I, insane, but go ahead. It, 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 it is, but I am so fucking stubborn i refuse like they have to kill me i will never give them the surrender and i had one person in an arena who refused to kill me like they left me at one or two hp for like eight rounds or whatever and i finally drew the card i needed and everything on my deck just kicked off and they could not deal the last two HP to me to kill me. And it was too late for them to realize that they made a mistake. So then they slowly dropped from 30 plus HP down to zero because they were an asshole. And they sat there and fate was like, all right, take the card. Here's the card you were looking for. 
And it was so satisfying. One, that person. Two, in your face. You, you had 32 HP and the cards were like, here you go, buddy. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Wait, did they have the board to kill you that whole time? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they deserved had, it. They, like, I, <laughs> Mazio, they had like 20 plus token monsters in the field because of <laughs> Scoot Swarm. Oh, right? that deck is And so all mean. of them were like 10 10s, and they just refused to hit me. And then there was a board wipe and like another big monster I had on the field, and that was all of his cards gone. <laughs> like, all of them just obliterated. And then I think I exiled his graveyard, and I was like, fuck you. And then the rest of the game, he just drew lands. And it was just him playing lands while I slowly murdered him down from 30 HP. Oh, that's such a good story. I love it. Yeah, but it, but it's it's moments like that that I that when you were talking about, where like occasionally fates like here you go, here's the card you want, and it's those, God himself reaches down, touches God the pile has of cards, smiled upon you. But um, it's those comeback moments that make sports or the competitive scene in those games so much bigger or feel satisfying i guess rewarding they make them what they are popular big impactful competitive i don't have the words for it i think honestly i don't think there is a word for it i don't think we've like as a community quantified it like decided that's the word for it but i really think the word is competitive right I mean that—that's the truth, though, right? Like Jake hit the nail on the head. There'll never be a league of. There should never be a League of Legends two. There just right. shouldn't be. But if you could add a, if you could add a number behind your game, then it isn't an esport. Magic the Gathering two never gonna be a thing. No. Now with more gatherers. Now without a land-based system, which completely <laughs> destroys the game format. Well, I do think that in, in that particular thought, though, right? Like, Magic has become so good at adjusting its formats to use resources that already exist. Yeah. That it is almost one of those things that you look at the attempts that League of Legends is making. We're like, we're going to go to mobile and we're going to do this Ruined King game. And then they did their Teamfight Tactics game. And like, yeah, we kind of laugh at them. But at the same time, it's like... Yeah, but they're, th that's actually the formula that wins when you're a sport, when you're an established competitive game that is seen universally as a game of of of, of serious competitive of, of serious competitive worthiness. Like flag or team football instead of regular football. Yeah, the NFL keeps trying it with the XFL and arena football, and like I like <laughs> I actually like arena football. I don't know enough about it to talk about it. All you need to know is that. The Philadelphia Soul is like the like wins constantly. So that's why you like it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I think what this podcast turned out to be was. Uh, me from an outside perspective saying that it feels like League breaks a lot of 
design rules but in reality as jake previously mentioned we just weren't viewing it from the perspective of a sport more so than a game than a yeah but i feel like that's a mistake a lot of people make i feel like that breakthrough is actually really significant in the scholarly field of video games no i think this is the most important thing we as a group like the three of us have ever done like that that core idea right between the three of us, that is like an MIT Press book on esports. That no one else has come oh. up with that. Too bad I can't write. Mazio, use your English. No, readers. but I mean we could we could probably get together if we wanted to, and the three of us off of this podcast actually write an essay and be like, This is like this is the mistake that is being made and this is why esports is problematic. Because you're designing games when you should be designing sports. And some people bumble into that thing. But, like, education makes the same mistake, right? Education's like, we designed a lesson and then a bolted game mechanics to it, and nobody likes any of it. And I'm like, no, you build a... Oh my gosh, gamifying. I hate, I hate oh, that word. I hate word. it. But I think, I think this... I was worried at the beginning of this podcast and I'll probably do some editing in the beginning but I think what we came to with viewing League of Legends more so as a digital sport instead of a video game made all the difference and really from that point we started to understand a lot of the design choices that League ends up implementing and why League is successful whereas other games try and fail. Does that summarize it well? Yeah. Yeah. And those were the highlights that we had for the podcast episode that we had recorded where we couldn't get Jake's audio through... I am, once again, really sorry that we couldn't give you a full episode for this week, that we had these technical difficulties, but the topic of viewing games as esports, as sports instead of games, when we're looking at them from a design perspective, is a topic that Mazio, Jake, and I really enjoyed talking about and finally getting to in this one, and we'll bring up uh, next week. So the next episode will be all about that in more depth so that we can give the topic the full attention it deserves. And yeah, once again, sorry that this episode is a little short and that it was really only highlights of what we talked about, but I hope you guys are all excited to hear what comes out two weeks from now when we can fully discuss this topic. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you in the next one.